You know, the beauty of baseball is you can sit next to your neighbor and have a conversation, or you can just completely ignore them. Baseball spoken here. It's time for the second game of our radio doubleheader. That is a reviewable play, but the Yankees choose not to review it. A swing and a drive to deep right. Away back off the pole. Francisco Lindor. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. A deep dive on baseball and the hottest topics in sports. It's 2-2 two to two in the bottom of the sixth, and I just can't get my eyes off that man with the tall head. It's quite a game, but man, that guy is ugly. You know that guy hasn't blinked this entire game? Just a dead-eyed idiot out on a Thursday afternoon. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. We're going to be awesome for you right now. On 1080. Hey, one for one, that's about a thousand, dude. That's baseball, baby. Help us, please. Somebody help us. The Fan. Yeah. Hey, I remember syrup sandwiches and crumb allowances for Welcome into the second hour of the Hot Corner. If you missed the first hour, you can check that out on the Les Schwab Tires podcast. Uh, you can get that on Twitter at 1080thefan, or you can also jump on the 1080thefan com. Shout out to Mean Gene, who passed away today. One of the uh, famous interviewee interviewers of the World Wrestling Federation. I saw that. I never watched wrestling, so I, I didn't really have much of a reaction to it, other than I'm sure that a lot of people will react to this. Yeah. But no, I was not a wrestling kid growing up. So yeah. Mean Gene is the the classic. If you ever see, uh, you know that that classic Andre the Giant footage of him shaking the neck of an interviewer. That's Mean Gene. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he was there. He was the dude. He was the dude for a while. So uh, R.I.P. Mean Gene. That counts in sports, right? I always feel weird with wrestling stuff because so many people, in not just my generation but the generation older as well loved WWF slash WWE growing up. Yeah. And my parents didn't let me watch it. Mm-hmm. And when I did watch it, eventually I I went, oh, okay, cool. This isn't real. <laughs> like I knew I, it, it kind of killed it for me because as a kid, I can imagine not knowing that and really kind of getting engrossed in the storylines and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, for me growing up, like The Rock mm-hmm. being one of the big guys. And I always liked Kane because I thought he looked pretty badass in his mask. Uh, and Hulk Hogan and all these guys, you get sucked into the storylines and then you realize it's fake later on and you're like, oh, well, okay, but I don't care because I like them. It was ruined for me because I didn't watch it. I wasn't sucked in and then I watched it and it was like, oh, cool. He didn't really just punch him in the face. I uh, I was a wrestling guy. Uh, in a lot of people sc- were. In, in middle school. Uh, wrestling was my thing. Uh, so much to the point that there is such thing out there called the WWE Network. And you pay for that. Uh, I pay that $9.99 a month. And I can watch any old episodes and pay-per-views. And because WWF, I won't call them WWE, because the World Wildlife Foundation bought WCW and ECW, they have all their old pay-per-views too. So even though I didn't watch those growing up, you can go back and watch them if you want. <laughs> like you called the World Wildlife Foundation. <laughs> That's what WWF stands for. Oh, I know. Um and, uh, yeah, I was a big Shawn Michaels fan. And so, like, like, yeah, every once in a while I throw on some old Shawn Michaels matches and uh, we're watching how it progresses. You know, I grew up with uh, Stone Cold and The Rock and Triple H, you know. Till this day, I still say Triple H might be one of the best wrestlers ever, pound for pound. The Rock was more entertaining. He was more Stone entertaining. Stone Cold was more of a badass, but 
Triple H, I'm like he was good. I'm telling you, man, I don't know why. I loved the bad guy very, very well. I loved Kane. I thought Kane was really cool. It makes sense. You love metal, but I didn't back then. Well, it was it was buried in me. You just didn't know. It was buried in me from an early age. I'm more of an Undertaker guy than Kane, though. That's just my thing. I mean, it's sad because I didn't watch wrestling, but I know Undertaker from the GIF of him rising from the dead. Sitting straight up and just looking angry. Oh, yeah, he did that frequently. Yeah, I I figured that was his thing. But. I just watched a match with him and Gold Dust at an in your house from 1996, and it was a casket match. So you won the match by getting your opponent into the casket. Gotcha. Yeah. That sounds difficult. Did you know that The Undertaker's like 20 and 1? all-time in WrestleMania matches? No, of course I didn't know he, that. <laughs> he lost his first WrestleMania match like three years ago. It's like the Eli Manning thing. Like, Eli Manning had all these consecutive starts, and they got benched for no reason. It's like the Undertaker won every match he ever fought in at WrestleMania to one year they were like, yeah, we're going to have him lose. Why? Is it going to be a big story? No, no, we're just going to have him lose. Didn't I mean, doesn't he have to agree to that, though? Because he was out of wrestling, wasn't he? He doesn't have to agree to that, dude. They, these guys own everything. Right, but I, I, do you want a job? You lose. All right, but didn't under wasn't this, he, this isn't pulp fiction. Wasn't he retired? You know, Marcellus Wallace is not telling the Undertaker you're gonna go down in the fifth and he chooses not to. What wasn't isn't he retired by now? He's old. Uh I watched him and Kane fight Triple H and Shawn Michaels in a pay-per-view like three months ago. It was not good. Well, they're old. Yeah, you know how when you've ever watched if you if those out there listening, if you've ever watched wrestling and it's like a tag team match and two guys like, hit each other at the same time, and they fall to the ground, and they're like, oh, it's the height of the match, and, oh, he's got to make the tag, he's got to make the tag, and he tags the partner, and they, like, fly through the, fly through the, the you know, get back into the ring, and they're just going a mile a minute. I saw Shawn Michaels tag Triple H in, and he was, like, gracefully going through the ropes to get on, and I was like, ooh, boy, you ain't got that pep in your step no more, huh? <laughs> Well, there you go. You got yeah. some hot wrestling talk at the start of this hour. I don't know. I like wrestling. Look, I I don't I'm also blame single, you. So what's up? A, a lot of <laughs> a lot of people like wrestling. I, I that's why I say I feel weird when this stuff happens because I know so many people do, and I just sit there like a like an idiot. I yeah. just look look like a deer in headlights. Like you can see all these names. I've heard some of some of these names. Although you yeah. mentioned Gold Dust, I went what? But. <laughs> I've heard some of these names, but it means literally nothing to me outside of very, very small anecdotes I've heard from friends. Well, I worked the taproom on Monday, Tuesday nights, and at 8 o'clock, it's been a tradition for about a month and a half, two months now, that we uh, we throw wrestling on at 8 o'clock. Is that when you guys Tuesdays. close, or you just we put it on? We close at 9. I just mm. put it on, and if no one's around, I turn the sound on, and I watch it. SmackDown's women's division is phenomenal. Cool. And I'm not just, it's not that, like, misogynistic oh because they're hot no they're like really good wrestlers isn't ronda rousey in, in it now yeah she's on monday night raw she sucks she's she? i thought she keeps winning she does because it's in her contract mm. but like her wrestling is bad her mic skills are terrible so bad when ronda talks you're just like shut up but on saturday we get the man becky lynch she's fiery redhead irish girl so you know i'm in well she has my last name so i'm in too yeah becky lynch is great she's the man she has this, like, deep, gravelly Irish voice. Mm. It's like, ooh, I like you. <laughs> and then her main opponent on SmackDown is Charlotte Flair, Ric Flair's daughter. Oh, okay. And Charlotte Flair's, she's badass. She learned from one of the best, right? Well, yeah, apparently she didn't want to wrestle. 
because she grew up in that, you know, like, I don't want to be around this. But her brother was a huge wrestling fan, and then her brother died. So as an homage to her brother, she wrestles, and she's phenomenal. Mm, she's going to get paid like it, too. She's really, really good. Not that she needs the money, but. She just comes out, and people go, woo! It's pretty great. So that's my wrestling segment for the day. <laughs> that didn't, that was not planned <laughs> for those of you out there. not planned whatsoever. I just, uh, Mean Gene is what it all breaks down to. Without Mean Gene, we don't get Jonathan Coachman. Without Jonathan Coachman, we don't get The Rock and his great interviews. And, yeah, so that's that. I'm sure there's somebody I'm missing, but whatever. Uh, when we come back, more free agent offseason baseball talk, and we'll do that here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. It's 818. I'm starting to slow down in here, Mike. What do you mean? I don't feel good. Uh, uh, I have to go sit in a room with you for an hour. We'll a closed, fine. deadly room of no airflow. We'll be fine. You're contagious before you realize you're sick. Mm-hmm. And then you're still contagious until you get better. <laughs> nah. Okay. You'll be fine. Okay. Although. I'll hold you to that. Although I never feel sick. So when I do, it must be something nasty. No, I I don't believe that. Because I think if you never feel sick, even the slightest thing, like you might have some allergies, feels like the worst thing in the world. Because my wife is kind of like this. She doesn't get sick very often. Yeah. So when she gets something small, she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sick. And I'm over here like, yeah, I. You have the aller- you have allergies. It's okay, or you have a cold. You'll be okay. I get sick fairly frequently, so I'm just kind of used to soldiering through. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If my homeboy Phil is out there listening, which I know he's not, I blame you. <laughs> we had a long conversation about being sick. He was like, "No, you're just not. You're just like not acknowledging the symptoms." So you think you never get sick even though you power through and you're like, oh, I got a sniffle. I'm fine. Right. I'm fine. You're fine. I'm fine. Just go home tonight. Go right to sleep. Drink a lot of water. Yeah. Don't drink any beer. (laughs) And and then (laughs) maybe you'll wake up feeling better tomorrow. Yeah, who knows? I got a big game I got to watch in the morning. Yeah. And you got one of your busier work shifts tomorrow. And I got to work all night. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I am rewatching uh Avatar the Last Airbender right now, so that that does sound really nice. That is to go home and watch. The most underappreciated cartoon of all time. Without a doubt. I love that. It's probably my third favorite television show of all time. Probably goes Battlestar Galactica, Futurama, <laughs> Last Airbender. <laughs> you like that? I know it's true as well. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. But people are like, usually like Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, and the you're wire. like Battlestar Galactica and Futurama. Futurama. <laughs> yeah. Disenchantment, little little disappointed. Well, Disenchanted, a little disappointed. Hey, he had two good hits, okay? <laughs> let's, not, let's not expect three magic masterpieces. He had two. Yeah, two of his shows, they, they were all right. Yeah. <laughs> One's you know. still on the air. One was revived twice. Yep. Yep. Both two of the most popular cartoons of all time. Futurama is great. It is great. Yeah. If Battlestar wasn't so damn good, Futurama would be number one. 
<laughs> spoiler, they're all Cylons. I'm joking. That's not a spoiler. That's not the reality either. But you should watch that show. <laughs> what is happening? Do you Have you seen Battlestar? No. Oh, it's great. You should totally watch it. I got drunk during the holidays. Uh, iTunes was running, a, was running a special. It's like, get all three books of Avatar The Last Airbender on... On iTunes for thirty dollars. It's normally like sixty nine ninety nine. Yeah, it was like thirty bucks. I'm drunk. Done. <laughs> you so can find those it. for free somewhere. Yeah, but... <laughs> right. So now I'm watching it again. Of course like, you are. Well, I just paid thirty bucks. I might as well do this. Yeah, it is a trend. It is a trend-setting show. It's great. The, lots, lots of good stuff. They're uh, they're they're making a live action series of it. Oh, that's cool. From the original creators and writers. I was going to say they're going to ruin it, but no, maybe not. No, those guys are going to do it, and we're hoping it's going to be great. It's going to be, you know, like all Japanese actors, and it's going to be done true, and I hope it's really great. Cool, thanks. Well, you know, if you make a movie about this stuff, it's going to be really terrible. I know. Imagine I know. if they made a live-action movie about Avatar The Last Bender. It would probably be terrible. Oh, it would be terrible. That's why I'm nervous about all these live-action Disney movies that are coming out. I'm like, God, they're going to ruin these movies. Do you know what's funny? Is There is a live-action movie of Avatar The Last Airbender. There is? Yeah, from M. Night Shyamalan. Was it bad? Uh, it's got the kid from Slumdog Millionaire in it as Prince Zuko. You're not answering the question. Was it bad? Uh, the fact that I do not acknowledge it in its existence, what do you think? Yeah. Like, I acknowledge episode two and episode eight of Star Wars. It's that bad. <laughs> like, two and eight are the worst Star Wars movies I've ever seen in my life. By far. <laughs> and I acknowledge those existence. Yeah. I don't know what to do here, man. You want to go in a free agency for yeah, eight minutes? Yeah, sure, went up. So I guess, so I guess the question. You're I guess, feeling sick, and you're like, ah, I'm just like, I quit. go to sleep. Um, so I guess getting back into baseball, I guess the the question is, is you know, we we talk Machado, we talk Harper, you know, we know the Phillies are big players, we know the White Sox are trying to make some sort of noise. Obviously, Red Sox, Astros, Dodgers, Yankees are all going to be there. I'm curious if there's anybody that's going to do anything that might surprise us or might team wise you mean yeah or might push them into a realm we did not quite consider because what i'm worried about is all the teams that we saw last year that were really solid but couldn't quite get over the edge aren't going to be able to do anything like i'm worried the cubs are going to trot out the same team they trotted out last year i'm worried the brewers are going to do the same thing the indians are going to do the same thing um i see the angels trying a little bit the Astros, if they're not going to re-sign Marwin Gonzalez, get Michael Brantley, yeah, that's kind of a wash. Uh, but they lose Dallas Keuchel. So the question is, is are we going to see anybody this year that actually does something that puts them over the edge? I think it's tough to say because I think we talked about this last year a lot, last season a lot, how there's a very distinct break between the top and the bottom right now. Mm-hmm. And the bottom is all trying to do the same thing, lose. Yeah, yeah. So – there's really not a lot of teams in the middle that I could really see kind of making that kind of an adjustment. But I love to think of the Tigers and White Sox in a three-game split, and they're like, yo, we lose today, you lose tomorrow, and then we'll fight it out on the third day. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might see a team like, maybe it's not that crazy to say, but the Cardinals, Yeah, it's, it's not they acceptable. They have a resurgent year. It's not acceptable for them to be a middling to bad team. They need to be. For contenders years in a row. Yeah. yeah, so I could see them maybe doing something. The Angels, I like that you mentioned them. They're going to waste Mike Trout if they don't 
try to do something now, but they have a bad, bad, bad history of making really stupid decisions with their money. They got so much money still in the books. I mean, they still got pool holes. Yep, and Josh Hamilton, that big contract. So I I could see them trying to do something. I'm just not sure what they're going to do. Beyond that, I don't know. The Rays don't usually spend money, so I don't see them doing anything crazy. No. We know what the Mariners are doing. Well, but the A's have done stuff. They got Charlie Morton. They got Mike Zunino. Right, but they're not spending money is what I'm saying. Right, right. And they're, those also aren't like big, flashy, sp- splash moves. That's just smart baseball, business baseball for them, which is what the Rays tend to do on a pretty frequent basis. So, I mean, if you're thinking of someone who's going to do something splashy, I would say maybe the Angels, maybe the Cardinals. But beyond that, I guess the Padres would be an option as well because, yeah. I mean, I, I, they're not really a middling team, but they seem to think they are, so they want to make that bat last push to make the playoffs. Yeah, you keep hearing them linked with, like, Syndergaard and... Yeah. So if I had to pick three teams, it would be those three. Those three. But, I mean, the rest are all rebuilding, right? Yeah, and the thing is, is that nobody... I mean, of all those teams that are rebuilt, all those, you know, bottom-of-the-barrel teams, so to say... Only one is willing to spend money, and that's the White Sox. Yeah, but that's but I think part of that is because they're in Chicago. And well, the other part is they have a lot of money. Yeah, I they've guess. done a really good job of clearing all of their their salary off their off their books. Yeah, I wonder who makes the most money on the White Sox right now. We could try to find out. I suppose we could. Uh, I'd be really interested. Does he in answer, that. Chris Sale? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. But no, they probably know because I think he's. I don't think he makes that much money. He makes like fourteen mil a year, something like that. Let's see. Well, can you guess who the guy, guy has the highest salary? It's kind of easy. Uh, no, I can't because I have no idea. Jose Abreu. Oh, duh. 13 mil. Derp. I got him on a fantasy team, too. Then. Keeper league with that. Ugh, James Shields, 10 mil. Big game, James. Who's never won a big game? Joaquin Soria, Shields. 8 mil. Joaquin Soria? Yep. I thought he was on the Brewers last year or the Nationals. Wellington Castillo, 7.25. Woof. Avisel Garcia, 6. Miguel Gonzalez, 4.7. I've never heard of these people. You you've, stop. You've heard of Avisel Garcia. <laughs> I know. I just like saying it. <laughs> but, yeah, they've got half their team is under a mil. So, I wonder. So, I think, I think with what you're saying. Although, I'm not sure how how uh, close this is to real. Hold on. Is it fake news? No, it's just I was looking at the wrong page, I think. Oh. That was 2000. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's the right page. 2019 shows the money for guys they just, like, re-signed or brought in. Like, Yonder Alonso is making $8 million for them this year. They brought him in because he's Manny Machado's cousin. A big spender. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Oh, yikes. So I wonder if that this probably leaves the door open, and we can get into this next segment if we want to. But this probably leaves the door open for those teams like the A's, right? Yeah. If those middling teams, A's, Rays, yeah. So why not? Pi- Pirates. The Pirates. The they Pirates. Eighty-two wins last year. You won eighty-two games. Yeah. How? I can only name two people on that team, and they're pitchers. <laughs> I don't even know if they're still in the team. That's not true. Tyler Glass now, Jameson Titan? Uh, one of them is on the team. Dang it. Glass now's on the Rays now, remember? Oh, right. They traded him. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't do baseball for a month. Gregory Polanco. He's not a free agent? No. 
Uh, who's the dude that's Charlie Marte? Uh, uh, um, uh, Josh, Josh Bell. Harrison. Josh Harrison's leaving. Yep. Don't get me started on Josh Bell. <laughs> I can put all my cookies into that cup. Francisco Cervelli. I like Cervelli. Yeah, so do you. Steroid user, though. Oh, is he? Yeah, he got caught once. Uh, I don't remember. I don't keep middling catchers in the in the back of my head all the time. It's like Brian McCann. Okay, cool. Evan Gaddis. All right, you got it, dude. <laughs> cool. I've heard of you before. Yeah, you're gonna hit 240 and maybe get 15 home runs, but you're gonna call a great game. I guarantee it. Great clubhouse guy. Yeah. Great clubhouse. Really guy. good leader. Yeah, it's not really until, knows how to run the pitching staff. It's not until you become AJ Pierzynski in a giant tool bag that I'm like, oh yeah, I know who that you know middle of the middle of the league guy is. Yeah. That's true. All right. When we come back, we'll do a little bit more baseball to finish up the show. But first, here's my man, Mike, with sports. Nice to get a little, uh, get a little metal on the show, right? I was looking at you and I was like, is he going to say anything? Speak. <laughs> say words sorry I'm just enamored trying to figure out who has better hair in this movie Chris Hemsworth or Natalie Portman I'm really struggling to pick uh, pick my, my answers for our beer podcast that we're recording tonight oh yeah yeah. I'm probably just going to make it up as we go yeah well that's something that you tend to do and you're great at that I'm probably just going to say Wayfinder a lot <laughs> <laughs> spoiler hey, alert I understand but I I'm just having I'm having a lot of trouble. I was really like trying to go through my head for some of the the breweries we've been to and places I've gone, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Baseball, baseball, something like that. <laughs> uh, I wanted to kind of go through uh, some names real quick, just for funsies, to just kind of see if uh, if we have any belief or strong feelings as to. What will happen? What should happen? But I want to start with the curious case of one JT Realmuto, the prized catcher for the Marlins that they don't want that no one's willing to pay for. <laughs> right. I don't know how this is going to go, but they've gotten rid of everybody. And he's like, I don't think anybody thought Christian Yelich was going to win an MVP the first year he left Miami. But I would say, had he still been in Miami, that they would say Real Muto is probably the highest prospect they got, right? Yeah. Uh, now Christian Yelich did win an MVP, so that does change things. But I'm curious, do you see Real Muto in Miami next year? No. Because my answer is yes. I don't. Okay, why? Why yes? Because for some reason... For some reason, Miami, to me, seems blind to the fact that everyone knows they're trying to move him. So when people know you're trying to move him, the price goes down. Yet, they're trying to ask a price like someone wants Jacob deGrom. Because they know they royally screwed up with all three of the trades from last year. Ozuna, Yelich, and... Giancarlo. Giancarlo. Oh, I always forgot. He's like a Yankee in my brain already. Right. That I forget he was a Marlin. Right. And all they got for him was Starlin Castro and a bag of sandwiches. So poor Starlin Castro. He's like a good player. And they're like, no, we're keeping you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no. 
trade me with real Buto. I hate my life. Uh, I think they're going to trade him because they need to, because he demanded a trade. He's unhappy and you need to do the best you can with what's given to you. So yeah, him demanding a trade means the price probably goes down, but look, if you're a team like the Mets and you're desperate for a good catcher and for whatever reason you're trying to win now, like really win now, but with older players, I could see them making a trade that would include someone like Brandon Nimmo or Conforto. Yeah. They just don't want to give up Conforto. No, they're okay with giving up Conforto from what I've heard. Yeah. They're okay with giving up both those guys from what I've heard, which is interesting, but I, I think they're going to have to trade him. And if they don't trade him now, they'll trade him by the deadline. And that'll actually, honestly, that might jack the price back up for them, which might be what they're waiting for. Because if a team is desperate enough and they need a good hitter and a catcher, at the deadline, well, I guess he's going to give up some good prospects then. Anybody in that situation. Yeah. So they might just wait till July. Well, who needs a catcher? I mean, everybody. The catcher position is so weak right now. There's maybe five, six guys who are, who are worth a damn at the catcher position, and the rest are all kind of middling, like we were talking about last segment. A lot of teams need them. There's a ton of free agents still unsigned. Yasmani Grandal. Ugh. After his postseason performance? <laughs> Touche. Yikes, bikes. He turned down. Do you see that deal he turned down with the Mets? No. Dude, he turned down like a $40 million deal with the Mets. Because he thinks he's, I mean, he is the best catcher on the market, and he's still fairly young, right? So, so they went and signed Wilson Ramos. Hey, he hit really well last year. Kurt Suzuki got signed. Chirinos got signed. Maldonado. Matt Wieters. A.J. Ellis. Devin Mesorosco. AJ Ellis still exists? Still exists. Not just Clayton Kershaw's personal catcher? Luke Roy signed with the with the uh, Angels. McCann with the Braves. Yeah, man. You're right. Catcher list is up. But Real Muto would be an upgrade over all of those guys you just mentioned. All of them. Yeah. Every single one of them. So, I mean, that's what, that's what my point is, is there's so many teams who are stuck in this weird case of having a guy who hits 210 but is good with the staff. But that's where they've pushed catcher these days. Well, I know, but if you can get a guy who's good with the staff who can hit 280, then there's that's... only one dude out there that does that. No, there's multiple dudes out there who do that. Not consistently, but who do that. <laughs> and for the month of May? I need that like in September Real, or in October. Real, Real Muto does it too. Yeah, he might be the guy. And if Yachty's healthy. I was thinking Buster Posey, but um, does he play catcher still? <laughs> I'm just joking. The Giants have just been so bad. I know, but I, I just I think that if you can find, we always talk about this with the A's. They they always look for market inefficiencies, right? Things that they can get that other teams aren't looking for, and that that makes them better than they should be. Right. If you can get at a position that is generally accepted as being bad at catcher, a player who is at least above average, then how many extra wins are you getting, right? From the from the average to mediocre catcher to a good catcher, how many extra wins is that adding offensively? I think a lot. And that, I, I agree. And if you can get that at a position where it's generally weak, great. I think for a while that was second base or maybe even shortstop before the late 90s when all the shortstop started being able to hit. Yeah. And for a while, that was right field, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of just stuck a, a guy who could barely hit out there. Right. And that's that's all changed. And really, right now, it's catcher. Catcher is the only position that can't really hit consistently because the defense of the catcher is so important 
that it's hard to sacrifice that for a good hitter. Um, looking at you, Gary Sanchez, who can't block a ball to save his life. <laughs> I was waiting until that name showed up. But outside of last year, he's a really good hitter, so it's worth it. Right. Know? Right. It's funny that you just mentioned, like, I hate what's happened to the catcher in baseball, but it's funny that you just mentioned second base because that's where I was going to go next, and we'll do this real quickly. Uh, looking at the second baseman on the market, that, my friend, is brutal. That's a way worse list than the catcher. First of all, there's only two dudes on this list that are under the age of 30, and both have been signed by the Twins, coincidentally, hmm. in Jonathan Scope and uh, Ronald Torres. Otherwise, You mean Torres? Torres, sorry, yes. Oh, yeah, so they got a guy who completely stopped being good last year and then a utility infielder from the Yankees. Yeah, they, they signed both of them on the same day. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Murphy at 34 with Colorado. Kinsler at 37 with the Padres. Just die already, please. He's 37 already? Yeah, dude. He's been around forever. Wow. And I want him to go away. Wow. Um, <laughs> your best second baseman on the market is 35-year-old Jed Lowry. No, it's DJ LeMahieu. This list has LeMahieu at number four. In terms of war, it's based on war. Okay, but Jed Lowry had a really good one season. Come on. Uh, DJ LeMahieu is the best second baseman on the market. Number two on this list is as Drupal Cabrera. He doesn't play second base. No. Shortstop. <laughs> as you read this list and go, wait, what have I done? He's got a 2.7 war, though. LeMahieu's only got a 2.0. It's not pretty, man. I think this free agent class that we thought was going to be great is like two dudes, and that's it. Shortstops. Best shortstop on the list. Manny Machado, second best. Jose Iglesias. Wah, wah. Remember when he was good a year ago? Two yeah, years ago? Dude. Yeah, right fielders? Bryce Harper, Kutch, or Kakis. Juan Gons, Juan Carlos Gonzalez, Jose Bautista. You're about to say Juan Gonzalez. I was about to say Juan Gon. I was thinking <laughs> steroids, my bad. Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty bad. There's actually not a ton of pitchers that are still around. It's Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez, and the rest are garbage. Yeah, it's Dallas Keuchel. He's the last one to fall. That's He's well, an interesting well, guy. Well, I understand, but I mean, like, the pitching market is pretty much sewed up outside of trades. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think Keuchel's an interesting guy, though, because how old is he now? He's 32? Keuchel is 31. 31. So that is... I mean, for starting pitchers, the the age thing isn't quite as bad as for hitters in terms of getting older and losing your stuff. But he's a guy who doesn't strike anybody out. And in a game like we are right now where strikeouts are king, I don't know how he's going to play in this market. And the fact that Happ and Eovaldi were signed before him, that's an even bigger thing for me. A, he's probably asking for too much money. Yeah. But B. He's a Cy Young winner, dude. Of course he's winning, asking for too much money. That's strange to me. And I also can't imagine him outside of Houston. I, I wouldn't sign him, and I bet you the Phillies sign him. I bet you if the Phillies lose out on Harper and Machado, they'll just throw money, stupid mm. money, quote-unquote, at Dallas Keuchel. Well, they'll get, they'll get two great beards in Arietta and Keuchel. Oof. Uh, relief looks like the best list. Oh, yeah. Adam Adovino's still out there. Adovino's still out there. He's actually number one on this list. Uh, Familia sign, Soria sign, Robertson, Kimbrell, Ollie Perez at 37 is still on this list. But then you got dudes like, you know, Zach Britton's still on there. Zach, Zach Duke, 
Nick Vincent, Sergio Romo, and then that's you know, not a very good list, Patrick. Well, the, the the top like four were good. I hate you, Mike. And then it stopped being good. Hey, good news! Andrew Miller signed with somebody not named the Cleveland Indians, so I'm pumped. Oh, where did he go? I didn't see St. Louis. Of course he did. Of course he did. And he'll revitalize his career again. And of course he will. And they'll probably win a World Series, and he'll be the champ, and he'll win the MVP. Yep. As a closer. Yep. And I'll hate my life. Because they're going to play him only at closer because they're not the Indians. Stop it. When we come back, we'll finish this bad Maybe they want to put Cody Allen in there with uh, only a one-run lead? Brad Hand, duh. He's the future. I don't even know who Cody Allen is. Now I want to look and see where Cody Allen is on this list. Zach Britton's pretty far down. Uh, And I haven't found Cody Allen, so that must be a good thing. Right? (laughs) That is a good thing. (laughs) No, you haven't found him because he's still on your team. <laughs> uh, we'll wrap this bad boy up when we come back. This is the hot quarter, 1080 the fin. This is the hot corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 the fan. I'm pretty afraid that this 2019 free agent class is going to be a pretty big bust. Like, what if Manny Machado sucks after this? And what if Harper continues being Harper? Would you be surprised? No. I would. Would you? <laughs> I asked that because I knew you'd say no, but I would totally be surprised. I mean, you these, prob- guys are, these you- guys are special players, Patrick. You can't... Sure, it's possible that they could flame out for no reason at 26, right in the middle of their primes, but they're not. They're really good. I can't tell if I'm like... I can't tell if if... I, if I, the way you just said that, I can't tell if I'm smiling because it shows the greatness of our relationship or if I'm smiling because you're just an a hole. <laughs> Cause when you're like, these are special players, Patrick, I know you're talking to me, Mike. <laughs> you don't have to say my name. But when you said my name, I was like, does he mean this like, hey, quit being irrational? Like everything's okay. Or is it like, hey, <laughs> You idiot. (laughs) No, I think it was more of the first one. I think so, too, but there was this moment where I was like, oh, call me by my name, huh? To me, huh? Is that weird to you? (laughs) No, but it just came across like, these are special players, Patrick. Like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) You need a whole wheel of cheese. That's amazing. Uh, You've called, you've done that to me before on this show. You're like, Michael. You've done that to me before. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you're, you're totally right. If if Machado were to just flame out, I don't know, though, dude. In the postseason, the man clearly wants dollars. Yeah, but he, he gets... also hit well. Yeah, that's true. He didn't play poorly in the postseason. No, he was just a jerk. Yeah, he was a jerk. Yeah, over under, who's worse, Machado or Harper? It's got to be Harper, right? I guess over under is the wrong term, but. Um, yeah, I, w- I would say Harper <laughs> over, under, over under he's worse. <laughs> You're like, that's not how this game works. Yeah. Again, I'm going to quote anchorman when in Rome, <laughs> Ron, that's not the right time to use that. <laughs> I just don't understand it. <laughs> when in Rome. Uh, yeah. Bigger bus potential. Gotta be Harper, right? Oh, for sure. Because he's shown that he is not Mike Trout. Yeah. He, he will always be compared to Mike Trout, and he's not Mike Trout. He will never be Mike Trout. No. Can Mike Trout leave the Angels, please? 
I'd like to see him on a team that will win. You know who's closer to Mike Trout than Bryce Harper? Mookie Betts. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Can Mike Trout leave and... I mean, Frankie Lindor puts up better numbers than Bryce Harper. Go play for the Phillies like he's supposed to near his hometown, even though I'd rather he play for the Yankees. See, I feel that's why they're going after Bryce, because they're like, we can't get Trout, so I guess we'll just take this dude. (laughs) Can you imagine one day Mike Trout walks into the Phillies, and they have Bryce Harper, and he's in like his sixth year on the deal, and they're like, God, we hate this guy. Mike Trout's here, everybody! (laughs) Hold down, hero! (laughs) That would be funny. Hey, congratulations on a side note uh, to your Syracuse Orange for their victorious bowl win. Ah, yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I found an interesting stat today to toot my own horn as we leave. Did you know that Washington State uh, scored the most points of any Pac-12 team in a bowl game and also had the largest margin of defeat by two? You mean a victory? Victory, yeah. Largest margin of victory in the Pac-12. We won by two. I know you're saying that to sound like it's great, but it's not. Because you guys scored, what, 26 points? 28. 28 points. Fool, we score touchdowns. We don't kick field goals. It's Mike Leach. Fourth and sixth on our own 30. We going for it, baby. Is that because you don't have a good kicker? or No, our kicker's actually pretty solid. We oh, just, really? uh, yeah. Is he the Grozo Award winner? We just. <laughs> like Syracuse? Stop. He's not he as was... good as. He was a walk-on, by the way, our, our kicker, and he just doesn't miss ever. I couldn't tell what was my favorite part of watching our bowl game was the fact that we won or the fact that Iowa State's kicker's name is Ass Alley. <laughs> That's his name. I know. His, his name is Ass Alley. I saw that. I was hoping it was pronounced Ass or something. But... We, we, we were saying, he's Francais, Ass Alley. <laughs> it's like the I commentator... showed that picture to people, and they looked at the name and went, what the commentators kept saying, "Ass Alley, he's great," and just like like a hard A, you know, <laughs> on both of them, like it's two words. All I said on Twitter was, "That's not an alley I want to walk down." <laughs> and he missed the kick. Gotcha. <laughs> take that, Ass Alley. Why don't you take that, Ass Alley, and walk away with it? <laughs> because I'll tell you what, these Cougs. Best team in the Pac-12. Largest margin of victory by two points. Boy, that duck game. Oof. What's worse, that or the Cheez-It Bowl? What was the Cheez-It Bowl? That was the Cal nine interception game. That's That that game's better because nine interceptions is action. Like 0-0 zero, zero half. 7-6. I mean, Stanford game was garbage, too. Patrick, the Pac-12 was not very good. Stop. I'm glad Texas won, though, because if Texas would have gotten blown out by Georgia, I'd have been really mad. I'd have been really mad. And UCF did that as well. So thank you. Uh, for Mike Lynch, I'm Patrick Harris. Check out the Beers on Us podcast. Drops tomorrow at uh, about 4 o'clock. You can get that all anywhere you get your podcasts. We'll do that. This is the Hot Corner. Go do something I'd do.